0: Sonny 16 presents. Welcome to episode 40 No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you see it's so big we don't even know how to announce it. I don't even okay. Mm-hmm. Welcome to episode forty. Of I Dream of Cameras, the podcast about cameras and camera collecting, brought to you by the gang at the Sunny 16 Podcast. My name is Jeff Greenstein.
1: And my name is Gabe Sachs. Welcome to episode 4-0. I can't believe it's happening. Seriously. What?
0: This is a biggie, guys. Yeah. Why is this a biggie, Gabe? Why is this a big episode in the life of this show? Because,
1: well, there's many reasons. We've come a long way emotionally. Uh, <laughs> We've purchased a lot of cameras in 40 episodes. We might have gotten rid of a few cameras in 40 what? episodes. Yes, we're going to talk Just about saying. that. Yes. Um, but also, we're going to be on our own feed.
0: What? Yes. How does that... What this do you mean? What does it mean? Huge. That's huge. crazy. This episode... We Are Given to Understand will appear not just on the Sunny 16 Presents feed, but will represent the first episode on the I Dream of Cameras feed all by itself. Laverne and Shirley got their own show. (laughs) (laughs) This is big. We appreciate the encouragement and support of our loving patrons at the Sunny 16 podcast who made this all possible. In the episode of Sunny 16 that drops, either right before or right after this, you will hear our 40-episode employee evaluation. And let yes. me tell you something. Yes, they were talking. It is harsh. Yes. Oh, yes. No punches were pulled. No. So tune in for that, and uh, it will set you up for what you're about to hear. <laughs> All right, gang. There is a lot to cover. Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait. Are you, are you not going to celebrate what happened 40 years ago in the camera world?
0: I was hoping you would chime in with that. Uh, I can't even do the math to figure out what year it was forty years ago, Gabe. Well, tell I believe us. it was
1: nineteen eighty-two. Um, at okay. least that's what the kids are saying. But I will tell you okay. this: ready? The Kodak Disc Camera, mm. not the other one that I talked about last episode, <laughs> but the Kodak Disc Camera was introduced to a ton of fanfare. Really, people were ecstatic over this little flat thing that, that was your film. It was is very, very exciting. And I will say to celebrate our 40 year anniversary, um, <laughs> neither of us <laughs> has bought this camera. Just That's so you correct. Know, we have not done anything I, to celebrate.
0: I do remember the hullabaloo yes. around the disc camera when Kodak launched it, because let's remember that Setting aside the the Minox and its ilk, this was a pocket camera, even more pocketable than the 110 cameras that Kodak had been making. And it was supposed to be a revolution in snapshot cameras, a camera you could truly slip into your vest pocket. Right. But I also remember my local photo (laughs) finisher talking about what a scam this was and that Kodak was at it again, creating a new format that nobody was going to use. Exactly. Just like they did with APS 10 years later. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. So let us celebrate the disc camera even as we mourn its demise.
1: And let's finish celebrating and we're done.
0: Yes. (laughs) Speaking of things that are so slim they can slip into your breast pocket. Oh, my goodness. What could that be? Here's what we got to do, gang. The prodigious mailbag (laughs) is too much for us to cope with. And we're going to do... A reset today, okay? We have 21 items in the mailbag, and the mailbag has expanded so that it consumes now half the show. Right. We know you want more of us and less of yourselves. So! (laughs) (laughs) Well, they could always record their email and play it back. That's one other thing they can do. No, listen, seriously. We love the interaction with you guys, but we have to reset as we move beyond episode 40, okay? We got to reset, so... I, I devised a special strategy to get through the mailbag even more speedily than usual. Oh, my goodness. I am going to read one sentence from every email. It's one good strategic sentence, huh? sentence, and then Gabe will react. Get ready. First up, <laughs> here it comes, gang, the abridged <laughs> mailbag. Okay, here we go. First up, Tom scold. Here's what he said. Guys, here is a quick rundown of the major differences between the OM1-1N and (laughs) OM2-2N. Gabe, are you still in the Hmm. market for an OM2? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. We saw one yesterday, didn't we?
1: My issue was I thought it would be a distraction, and then they would dock off a little dollars, but we'll explain that later.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. But anyway, Tom, thank you for running those down. Basically, Aperture Priority and some other stuff, but I'm not reading the whole email because the whole idea is abridged. Next email comes from Jim Melcher. He says, I have a couple of sacks of 120 reels and backing paper I saved over 10 years. What would you do if you were me? Oh my gosh. I, if you're not using all those 120 reels, I would reach out
1: because there's people, there's all the time they're buying cameras and sometimes those reels are missing. I'm telling you, I would put those up and be a giveaway. Yeah, why not? Let's uh, get the film community excited about that because they're always buying old cameras and sometimes they're missing those
0: reels. That's right. Okay, good answer. Bruce Horn says, in response to your comment on traveling with large format cameras, at one time I would take my 4x5 Bush Pressman D when I flew from California to New England. Reaction?
1: I, I mean, look. I have trouble <laughs> carrying my Rolleiflex and, and one other camera. I feel I can't imagine traveling with with that kind of equipment. I just you have to be so patient in so many ways, Don't you?
0: Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I just can't imagine carrying a 4x5 camera on the plane. Yeah. What? That's insane. But we're going to talk in a second about what you're going to be carrying on the plane, which may seem (laughs) positively sane by comparison. (laughs) That's true. Jim G writes, he is J-E-M-G on Instagram, on the subject of travel kits. Okay, remember, I'm picking one sentence. He says, (laughs) I agonized over my choices. In the end, I managed to pack my Fuji gfx 50r with a compact 50 millimeter lens and an adapted nikon 35 millimeter tilt shift lens as my digital kit what do you know that camera yeah,
1: yeah. that's that's a that's a that's a, uh, that's a good kit uh, that's a that's a really good kit i like that i of course would agonize over the decision and then agonize why i didn't bring something else and then agonize when I'm in the place that I'm supposed to shoot. I just agonize. That's
0: really my issue. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. He also wants us to come to Australia. But one sentence per email. Next. John Michael Mendiza. Okay. He did send us a rundown of all the cameras he has and he wants us to tell him what he needs or doesn't need. We can't help you with that, John Michael. Okay. (laughs) But here's what he asked you and me. He said, Guys, have you tried using a right-hand grip on the Pentax Six Seven, you ever done that? No,
1: I love that idea though. I mean, I look the wood grip is beautiful. I just, it's it's a little bulky for me. But yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to try a right hand grip. That'd be fun.
0: I think I have a plastic 3D printed right hand grip that was sent to me by either Simon Forster or Ethan Moses. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't Ethan remember which. I think Ethan sent one. Yeah, right, but I haven't have tried it yet. Up. Yeah yeah all right on we go rob Volz writes he is Volz rob v-o-l-z rob on instagram here is his one sentence my go-to is an olympus xa2 and an olympus om2 with a ziploc bag full of miscellaneous color and black and white film hmm what do you think of that as a travel combo well
1: i love anything black and white you know what i mean like, yeah. I just, you can't really go wrong if you're saying you're, sh- and black and white film, is. I'm always going to go, yeah, I think that's a great travel camera. No, I, I think
0: that's gonna great. I am going to tell you that, uh, pair it down to one, man. Why do you need that OM-2? You've got your Olympus XA. In case it breaks. Ugh. No, man. No. No. Ugh. One camera. Look who I'm talking to. <laughs> <laughs> one camera. Rob, thank you for writing. You're awesome. <laughs> okay. How am I going to do this, Gabe? This is from Angus Kilpatrick. Am oh. I supposed to when say? Are you ready? The name? Here's what you're
1: going to do. Here's your therapy. What? Take a deep breath. Yes. And then continue.
0: I know it's. Angus? No, 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 no. Wait, wait. <laughs> I almost got through it. Angus Kilpat? No. Okay. Ang- Angus Kilpatrick. Right. That was. <laughs> <laughs> That's very painful. I know. How he am did I going to do that? You did How it. I- oh my God. Okay. Here is what he said regarding cameras when you're biking. He said, "The best so far has been a stem caddy bag for my recently acquired Olympus XA4. I can grab it and shoot with one hand while riding. Okay, oh, I wow. assume what he's talking about is one of those like handlebar bags with a little zipper thing. That is absolutely the right solution. That's better than my put a put a towel in your bike bag and put the camera on top of it. <laughs> but of course, it is really only suited toward tiny, tiny. Cameras, Right. Right? Right. The other thing I've been thinking about is if I really trusted a camera strap, I would put the thing over my shoulder. Right? And yeah. then just have it at hand. Yes. Like, would you do that? If you, I mean, you don't do as much biking with cameras as I do, but would no. you trust that? Uh, with the shoulder strap? Yeah, with the no. shoulder strap. No. Oh, you would not? No, no, no. Not oh, biking. Okay. Especially not me biking. biking. Just saying. Okay. Next up. Our friend, the Unknown Comic Photographer, sent a series of haikus. (laughs) As one would. I'm going to read one of them. He sent five. This one is... Are you ready? Yes. I've never shot one, so I can't wait to hear Jeff haiku the (laughs) X-Pan. Oh, my goodness. (gasps) Thank you, Unknown Comic Photographer. We love it. All right. Next... Robert Coates, okay, Robert sent, it's a beautiful email, chock-a-block with glorious prose. And I gotta say, Robert, this is amazing. He talks about carrying cameras on bikes, the cost of film photography. I have to pick one sentence He says, if I am just riding on paved surfaces, I have an outer shell drawcord handlebar bag. So once again, he's talking about the handlebar bag as the way to go. I am going to look into this and see if maybe there's an option for my Brompton, but my guess is there is not. Anyway, on we go. Yes. Wayne Setzer, our friend from the Uncle Jonesy's Cameras podcast. Yes. Wrote in. He told the story of how his cameras got their names. One is Little Boy, one is Fat Man, one is Gadget. They are all named after atomic bombs. That is how I am abridging this email, okay? <laughs> Wayne, we love you. Thank you for writing. Gabe, have you come to the point? You have a new camera. Are you going to give it a name? I just
1: don't do it. It's just, just camera, because I can't get too attached to it, because if I attach to it, then I'll never let it go, ever. That's ever. true. That's like true. all of my cameras, yes.
0: Right, okay. Rafael Hernandez wrote to us. What? He wrote to us back on the 22nd of August. Little did he know that he would be pressed into service (coughs) on our podcast. Okay, here's what he said. He said, regarding a developer, he uses HC-110. He swears by it. Now, are you in the business of processing your own film these days?
1: No, I'm going to start because I have a bunch of rolls of film, and I am going to be shooting them and processing them, and HC-110 will be my choice. Yeah. And Rafael Hernandez sticks by that as well. So I am going to do what he says.
0: Yes. Very excited. Okay. About it. Rafael, we love you. We saw you yesterday. You will be seeing more of you in the future. Again, this is very difficult. This is from Nico Girlando. Do I have to just say that you like just a person have to say not? Okay. Huh. He says... <laughs> huh. He says... I keep hearing so many episodes recently about the X-Pan, and I can't help but think that every time you talk about it, it should be broadcast in widescreen. Wow. (laughs) That would be very fancy. If I had any any facility with uh, audio processing, I would get... The sound to expand every time I see the word expand, but I don't know how to do oh, that. Oh, wait! Like a morning show. That's
1: yes. That's what exactly. we're missing. We're missing the morning
0: zoo buttons. I know. Yeah. I know. God, we just we need a, we need someone who's better in editing than I am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Again, this is very difficult. This is a writer. This gentleman has written to us several times. Do you know who I'm referring to? He, his first name is Martin.
1: Oh, this is going to be tough, ladies and gentlemen. Jeff Greenstein is going to figure out how to announce martin's last name straight ahead
0: martin mcpherson oh my goodness you've done it listen okay uh, for those of you who did not hear the sunny 16 episode graham's number one complaint was my accent work which i have to tell you was the result of years of study with stella adler in new york so i was shocked and humiliated okay but if you guys don't want it then I won't do it anymore, all right? <laughs> but I would say if the listeners rise up and demand the return of the accents, well, what are they going to do? We have our own feed now. That's anyway. right, exactly. Martin McPherson says, wow, that that was rough. He <laughs> yeah. says, what's your favorite cheap shooter? Your underdog cameras, 35 and 120. What's your favorite cheap shooter, Gabe? Wow. Cheap shooter, yeah. That's a
1: tough one. I would have to say one of the, po- like, Canon point-and-shoots that I got for $30. Something like that. that one of your Canon You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the
0: Shot, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Same here. Yeah. I mean, I really only have one. I mean, can you call the Voigtlander Pokeo a cheap shooter because it was $75? Oh, my I don't gosh. Know. But cheap shooter... Uh yeah, I guess I would say my Canon Sure Shot uh which was thirty bucks. There you so go. So I guess that's my cheap shooter. He uh he says thirty five and one twenty, please. So maybe we just covered that. Do you have a cheap one twenty shooter you like? I not that I like, but I have a cheap the cheapest one twenty I have, I guess one of the Lomos. I can't oh, okay. think of I can't think of Yeah. yeah. Guys, chime in. What is your favorite cheap shooter? Exactly. haven't really said that. Yeah. Okay. Next up, Alan Perez makes a joke about Jack Benny that is going to be lost on much of our listenership. (laughs) It was something about, you know, Jack Benny always claimed that he was 39 years old. Okay. So he said said that he thought we, we might cite Jack Benny for episode 39 and announce there would be no episode 40. That's kind of funny. I like that. Thank you, Alan. And then Alan wrote again. He said, Desert Island camera versus buried with camera. Aren't they really two different things? In other words, the Desert Island camera is the one you want to shoot with. Right. The one to be buried with is the one you love so much can't be separated from. Would you agree with that distinction? Um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I'm going to
1: say. I, I don't The think thing of...
0: is, the thing about the camera you're buried with, I don't love that at all. No. Because every camera that I own was passed on to me. From somebody else. Right. I mean, with the exception, I'm trying to think, are there any of these cameras that I bought new? I think the last one would be the Olympus 35RC that I bought, when I, that my parents bought for me when I was 10 years old. That camera was purchased new. Every other camera, including the Canon EF that they gave me when I was 15, was a used camera. So I don't believe in this buried with idea. What are we, pharaohs? But wait a minute. <laughs> Did you ever think that in the afterlife if someone
1: asks you to take a picture and then you go, you know what? I didn't didn't want to be buried with my camera. And all you need is one camera. And you keep telling people up there you're a photographer and they're going, okay, sure, photographer.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, okay, so let's put it to the listeners. Do you believe in an afterlife? (laughs) Next question. (laughs) And the final one. Look what we did. Douglas Ingram writes in to inform me as many people did, he says it may be only half a cookie, but oh, what a cookie it is the Nikon S3M. Japan Camera Hunter has one of these for sale. For those of you who are not familiar with the Nikon S3M, it is a Nikon Range Finder half frame. They only made a few hundred of them. I'm sure that Japan Camera Hunter is selling this for $100,000. Have you ever seen a picture of this camera, Gabe? No. $100,000? I mean, I'm sure it is going to be something. It's but like the Leica like 72. But
1: I know, okay. I need, you know what would be interesting we have to talk to you about one day is, is collecting on that level. Like, I don't know what you get out of that. Like, I, I'm not using that camera, but I guess if someone's so rich, maybe they are. I,
0: I am not a believer in that. I'm just not. I don't want a camera that is so valuable I can't go out and shoot with it. Now, I I have a couple of collector cameras. I mean, the Alpa I have, they only made 287 of them. But I'm shooting with that thing. It is to be shot. When I see, like, you know, a vintage Ferrari, and they advertise only got 407 miles on it, I'm like, that is not a car. That's an annuity. That's like you are not enjoying what that was built to be used for. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I get it. Anyway, look what we did, gang. We have emptied out. Now, I hope we have not enraged our listeners by doing this. We are going to go back to a more conventional speed through, starting with episode 41. But we had to empty the prodigious mailbag. So please continue writing to us. I dream of cameras at gmail.com. But with that, we will close our empty mailbag. Very exciting. Look at how fast that went by. Look how fast that went. So listen, thanks again to everybody who wrote. We love you guys. First thing we got to tackle in the show, Gabe. Are you ready? Yes. Gabe is grabbing an hour to record this. In the midst of a frenzy, will you tell us a little bit about your frenzy? So it's getting
1: sort of everything ready for tomorrow where I leave for New York Fashion Week. And today at five o'clock, I am shooting Cal Penn and uh, it is going to be, I didn't quite think all this out, but uh, (laughs) um, I'll be getting back late tonight and then packing and staying up all night, I'm sure. And then leaving for
0: New York and we'll see how it goes. Very excited. What are you bringing? Obviously we went over this during the last episode, but what's the final list of camera equipment you're bringing? Yes.
1: Okay. I am bringing one camera, And six of its siblings. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Okay, here's what I'm talking about. Here's what I'm bringing. Wait a minute. Let me just tell you something going on. Okay, so here's what I'm shooting. I'm mostly going to shoot in New York with the Leica Q, which I borrowed from Fred Corey, which is absolutely incredible and I love it. Yeah. I'm sure I would be getting one soon. It is just a great camera for street, for. You know, backstage at Fashion Week, I will see, but I think it's going to be great, and I will be bringing my newly acquired R5,
0: right? Of which more in a moment. But yes, that's which exciting. more in a moment. The Canon R5. I will okay. be taking
1: the Leica M10 as a backup. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's 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 the digital world. Okay. Now, okay. here's the film world, which I will shoot with probably one of these cameras, even though. My, I'm romanticizing about shooting with the wide Deluxe. I guarantee that'll never happen. But I, this is what I'm bringing. Ready? Okay. The wide Deluxe. Okay. The Rolleiflex 2.8 f. I am bringing the Yashica T4. Okay. And I'm bringing the M6. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sort of, I'm gonna sort of maybe not bring the M6. Anyway, this is this is where I'm at. I don't know what to
0: tell you. Uh, okay, I'm looking at this list. Which Leica lenses and which Canon lenses are you bringing? How many?
1: Okay, the Canon lens, which I am, you know, Fred Corey graciously came over and I photographed him last night. Yeah, very flash good pictures. and everything. I, saw those. I am going to bring the uh, EF lenses. I don't have any RF lenses. I'm bringing the 28 to 70 L lens, and I'm bringing okay. the 35 millimeter Sigma Art 1.4 lens.
0: Okay. Then,
1: on Sunday, I am going to go to B and H because I hear through their grapevine that they have a fifty millimeter one point two L, which is really what I need, oh. or an eighty five one point two L. So I'm sort of, which one of those I'm going to get? They have used ones, they have multiples, so I will probably get one okay. of those one of those lenses right. after they talk to me about that. And then on the obviously the Q is just the. Um, 28 and the m10 i am bringing 35 f2 sumacron and then after we literally say goodbye everyone today i am rushing down to our camera repair guy grabbing my sumalux putting that in the bag
0: 35 millimeter sumalux 50 sorry 50 50 millimeter 51 yeah the one that
1: fell apart in my hands yes
0: with the screws Uh, yeah that's a lot of cameras man Oh, yeah. Are you going to carry this with you to the Fashion Week site every day, or are you going to pick two or three cameras? I'm probably going to pick two or three cameras. Wow. Golly. <laughs> I mean, that's an impressive outfit. I would imagine the photographers that you encounter, do you think they will have more, or less, or an equivalent amount of gear with they them? They will have more.
1: Yeah. They all have more. There's no question. Wow. And they're also using a 7200, which I refuse to carry around because I will back someone in the head.
0: <laughs> I want to also ask you about last night's practice session. Yes. Is that something you typically do before going on a trip like this with a new piece of equipment? Do you do a practice session somehow?
1: I'll try to, but actually that practice session for the was for the shoot I'm having today. And, oh, okay. uh, And I am not as secure with Flash as most people. Okay. And I am very excited to try this, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But I, I learned a lot, so... And Raphael are you and Chris bringing? Chu were with me all the time. Yeah. yeah. So, what are you bringing on today's portrait shoot? Oh, seriously, piles. Okay. So i <laughs> i am bringing I am bringing just I'm bringing the R5 and the Leica Q, and I'm bringing yeah. the M10 as again a backup. So those are the those are the main cameras. As far yeah. as equipment, I I'm bringing a Godox 600 uh, stand. You know. Diffusion. I'm bringing it Oh you know, wow. I'm bringing a lot of stuff: stands and yeah. a backdrop and all stuff. I have no idea if I will actually use, but it will look fancy.
0: Are you shooting at his place or a studio? No, no, no. We're what? shooting
1: at a hotel. He lives in, in oh, New York. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh! And you're saying Exciting. why did we do it in New York?
1: I don't know. I just thought yeah. why not? We'll see. Okay.
0: All right. I want to ask you now. About your big acquisition. Oh my gosh. The Canon R5. So the
1: idea was this. The idea was I'm not allowed to buy it until I have (laughs) sold the stuff I need to sell. So it's a complete wash. I mean, that's that's just stuff that sits on the shelf or whatever. So I went to have this discussion with Owen Mackin, who I love, who stars in the show La Brea. He also was in our show The Night Shift. Great actor, great director, uh, and a great photographer. So he was out here from Australia for two days, and we were talking about cameras. He was saying that you know, he was having a hard time getting cameras in Australia or finding the right ones he wanted. And and we sit down, and I just show him the Q. And as I'm opening my bag, I have the Contax T2 there because I'm going to sell the Contax T2. And yes. He goes, "Are you kidding me?" So he takes it. His DP loves that camera. He goes, "If you," th-, he goes, "You got to sell it to me." And I'm like, "Oh, I'm not going to sell it to you." And <laughs> I don't know he was you have to tell me I have one day. I I need that camera. So I went home and realized I don't use that camera at all. It'll kick start me into getting my R5. And yes. so I called Owen, he was so excited. I sold it to him. And then I go, okay. At least I've got to hold this R5 in my hands and just see what it's like. You know what I mean? I know nothing about this camera. I at least have to see what it you know feel it you know on and on so i call you and i say i'm going to sammy's camera and i'm just going to go check it out and see what it's about and <laughs>
0: yes and i love it. that call that's it i'm not going to buy it there no, i'm just going to look at no, it
1: i'm not going to buy it there so i go up there and the salesman was so you know nonchalant yeah yeah handed it <laughs> to me and he goes yeah watch me he walks back and forth and he's in focus the entire time and then i go oh. uh okay how much is it and he said, and I go, with the adapter? So he starts going through it, and he gives me a number. I'm going, oh, man, that's a big number. I go, do you take Venmo? No. And then I look at my Venmo, and it has a MasterCard logo. I go, Well, will this work? He goes, let's try it. I said, yeah, put $1,000. It does that. And then... I say, well put a little more on it. And then I, <laughs> and then I had cash from Owen and I gave cash from Owen and on and on. So in my mind, the price of this R five is going down the very quickly. Yeah. The camera's yeah.
0: becoming an incredible bargain. It's going,
1: it's an amazing bargain. And I keep giving him things and it gets lower and lower and lower. And so then it gets to a number and I'm going, Oh, well, I could put that on my credit card. And so I put the rest of it on the credit card. Yeah. Was so excited. Went home. It takes a lot of learning. I'm still, you know, learning it. Hopefully it will work for me uh, in New York. We shall see. And then you and I went to L.A. Film Camera.
0: Yes. And I'm very excited to talk about this. Yes, I, I want to preface this by saying we made a previous trip to L.A. Film Camera, which I believe was recounted in a prior episode. Yes. And Gabe brought a couple of great cameras and I brought All of the junk that I've been looking to unload. I mean, Polaroid Spectra, Polaroid Eye Zone, like a Nikon outfit case, this whole raft of things. So the friendly folks at LA Film Camera look at Gabe's stuff, they make an extremely fair deal for it, and they look at my stuff with utter contempt. (laughs) They don't buy any of it. This time... Gabe comes with his excellent stuff. What did you bring this time? I brought the newly cla would
1: Hasselblad 503CX with 80mm 80, 80 lens and back. I bought a Minolta AutoCord, which I think I used once in my life. Yeah. And I brought a Leica
0: r 6 and a 90 millimeter 2.8 lens. Once again, Really nice stuff. So this time I am not going to get skunked like I did last time. Right. So and I am also looking to offset the purchase cost of my X pan. I'm trying to do what Gabe does: the calculus of like, okay, I will sell enough stuff to sort of make back what I just spent. So I pick one of the jewels of my collection: a mint, and I mean mint. It's mint, this is guys. something It's amazing. Mint condition, 90 millimeter. Sumacron, M-mount, obviously, as spherical with the box, with the original papers, with the warranty card, with the Leica passport, with the inspection report, with my original purchase receipt. And I think they are going to go crazy for this. Right. What happened, Gabe? <laughs> First of all... First of all, they looked at it
1: and it, it is spectacular and it is mint and beautiful and would be, and they just didn't know what to make of it. They just sort of went back <laughs> and forth and I'm not sure and on and on. And believe me, I thought that was the first thing to go. I had no question. I mean, this is in a box. I mean, a box, perfect, everything. Yep. Yep.
0: I'm going to pull it out here. It We're is a beauty. Uh, Jeff will post that. a picture. In, it's incredible. In,
1: it's like it, you put it at the store. No one would know. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. A spherical. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, they took a picture of it. Yes. They did take a picture of it and they will put the word out, which is actually will probably work. But yes. uh, uh, they did not buy it.
0: No, but they did snap up all of your
1: excellent gear. I came home with an empty camera bag. I have never sold that much equipment in one week in my life, and guess what? It's a wash. All that stuff, I don't miss any of it. I don't care about it. And I got my R5, and I don't feel guilty about buying the R5 now. I think it's, I'm very excited.
0: Isn't this a beautiful closing of the circle? Because we talked way back in Marine ICondo Condo days about what it was gonna be like for you to offload this stuff. You have now offloaded something like five or six cameras recently, right? Five or six? guiltlessly you got a nice payday which financed a sexy new piece of kit that mm-hmm. you're going to take to fashion week it's going to be very exciting you have and you have made people like tessa our imaginary graduate student at ut austin who's desperate for a tlr she will snap up that auto cord right yes yes look at the growth those That's of you who say that after 40 episodes these are exactly the same two nincompoops we started with <laughs> no Change and growth is possible. We're
1: just half Exactly.
0: Right. Change and growth is yeah, possible. it happened. How about that? Amazing. <laughs> All right. So, by the way, if anybody's interested in a collector-quality oh, yes. 90 millimeter Summicron, reach out to me. Yep. I am fielding offers. It is, I'm telling you, mint. I don't Beautiful. need a 90. Isn't that interesting? Yep. I don't need a 90 for a rangefinder camera. Yeah. Gang, do you shoot 90s on your rangefinders, like on your Leicas and cannons and such? I, I found that it's just that little teeny tiny rectangle in the middle of the viewfinder. No. If I'm shooting that focal length, I want an SLR. Right. It's a portrait focal length. Yeah. Anyway, I made an impulse buy. You want to hear about my impulse buy? An impulse buy? What could that be? Okay. I know I said I was done buying cameras after the X-Pan. You did. Okay. And we're going to talk about the X-Pan in a minute, but something cropped up. What in the (laughs) world is this? What is, what is this? Okay, back in the day when I was just a mere boy, I was just a boy of 13 looking to buy his first SLR. And you were 6'2". Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Way back when. I was mulling which. Of the then contemporary SLRs, I might be interested in. Would it be the Canon AE1? Would it be the Minolta XE7? Or would it be the then brand new, super sexy Konica Auto Reflex TC? Do you know about that camera? No. This was Konica's attempt to compete with the Olympus OM. Of course, the Olympus OM was this revolutionary camera, and all of a sudden, SLR manufacturers wanted to downsize. Nikon came out with their FM and FE, right. right? Everyone needed to keep up. So Konica came out with this baby, which was a shutter priority, automatic, made up with a lot of plastic, so it's very light, but has manual as well. It's a gorgeous camera. Yeah, it really looks good. We'll post a picture really of Really lovely. Okay, It was called the Konica Auto Reflex TC in the U.S. It did not sell well. It was not a success. I don't think it was well-liked. And it had a problem that the leatherette over time would bulge and peel away. But why okay. do you think people didn't... Hold that up for a second. Why, why yeah, do you think I'm holding people, it
1: up. Why didn't people like it? I mean, it looks great. Like, I'm just wondering, yeah, like, I, what did they just... Did not like, not like the quality of the pictures? I always wonder what
0: makes them... I don't on know. a camera you know i just don't know that Konica ever got the kind of brand loyalty that nikon and canon did right. same thing kind of happened with minolta to an extent this happened with pentax now of course pentax everybody wants a k1000 or whatever but this is just a camera that sort of fell through the cracks people didn't get excited about it i want to talk about automatic exposure cameras in a minute but just to close the narrative i recently found out that in other parts of the world, the Auto Reflex TC in Japan was known as the ACOM 1. The Konica ACOM 1. <laughs> ACOM 1. That is a great name. Yeah, that is. ACOM 1 is a really great name. So I started looking for an ACOM 1. And of course, all the sellers were in Japan. Yep. But then I happened to be randomly searching one night and I found this. From a U.S. seller, he wanted 50 bucks for it. 50 bucks? Wow. What? It is absolutely immaculate. I don't think it's ever been used. The leatherette is not peeling. It's got this 50 millimeter 1.7 hexanon. That is a great piece of glass. Even if I just bought this for the glass. Do you know how many were made? I'm so curious about this now. I think they made a good good number of these guys. Good number of these guys. You'll see TC's. All over eBay. And I will tell you, young photographer, if you are looking for a good starter SLR, the Auto Reflex TC is great. If you can find one with a working meter. As it happens, when this one showed up, <laughs> it takes two 625 batteries. So, of course, I broke out my thingies. Yes. Meter doesn't work. Oh. Meter doesn't work. And we reached out to our repair guy, and he said, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's repairable. Right. So... Connected with the seller on eBay. I said, Hey, guy, you said the meter works. It doesn't work. I said, I don't really want to return it, but would you knock $20 off the sale price? He said instantly, Yes.
1: How great is that? Refunded the $20. That's
0: awesome. $30 for a 35 millimeter. So what if the meter doesn't work, guys? This is great. I recommend it. So fun, right? And cute. So good. And cheap. $30. That's what we're paying for a roll of Portra 400 right now. Yep. Okay. So good. Here's what I want to bring up. I've been thinking a lot about this whole thing about like what we call or what was called an automatic exposure camera in the 1970s and 80s. Of course, I believe the first quote-unquote automatic exposure camera was the Konica Auto Dash Reflex, Mm -hmm. which was shutter priority automatic. I think I'm right about that. Shutter priority. What do we mean when we say that? You set the shutter. It sets the aperture. That was very common on... Canon cameras, Konica cameras, by contrast, Nikon and Minolta made primarily aperture priority. You set the aperture, it sets the shutter speed. I remember reading in the photographic press a lot of like to-do about how this was for lazy photographers and stuff. No, it's not. No. It's simply giving you one less control to tweak. If you're setting it to a 60th and then you see, oh, you know what, it's 2.8 and then you set it to a 30th, and you see that it goes up to 5.6, you're controlling aperture and shutter speed. You're just not turning two dials. You're only turning one. Where's the hate? No. I don't understand it. No, I agree with you. I don't even know why we call it automatic exposure, because it's really not. Automatic exposure is like the P mode in a Canon EOS 5, where it's going to set both things for you, and it becomes a point-and-shoot. But, guys, what... I don't understand Give it, love. it. Give it love. yeah. Give it love. That's what I will say. Okay. One other thing I want to mention while we're on this subject. I'm just going to talk a little bit about uh, I am about to go on a trip. I'm going back to Atlanta second time in about a month. On my last trip, I went to KEH. Yes. I did buy something. Gabe, you have got to come to Atlanta like, with me. Are you do kidding this. me? I'm about to go to BNH. I know and this is gonna be a disaster. KEH has an enormous warehouse of used gear. It's what's available to you when you go on their website. Basically, they bolted a little showroom with computer terminals and salespeople to the front of this warehouse. So you go in there and you just say to them, will you bring out a Nikonos RS? I've never seen one in person before. The Nikonos RS, of course, was Nikon's ultimate underwater camera, which is bigger and bulkier than a Pentax 6x7 wow. and also works underwater. So I was sitting with this wonderful salesman, Sam, and he just kept doing these like runs back to the stock room and he would bring out anything I wanted to see. An Olympus 4Ti. Unbelievable. The Canon Dream Lens Wow. on a Canon Ranch Finder just so I could look at and play with what I came away with. I bought a 35 millimeter NIKOR. For my Nikon SP. Wow. Pretty nice and a great price. Love these guys. I am going back and here is what I am going to buy. Okay, look at this. I just have to mention, I bought my X Pan a wooden grip. So beautiful that wooden grip. a camera. Yep. The X Pan is ruling them all right now, guys. This has never happened to me with a camera before that a camera so seizes my psyche that I can't shoot with anything else. I am shooting with this exclusively these days. Amazing. I'm using the stock 45. What I have learned from some online research is that for people who find the 30 millimeter lens for the X-Pan too expensive, it goes for three or $4,000. You can adapt the 35 millimeter PC Nikkor to your X-Pan. Gabe, do you know what a PC Nikkor is? I don't. Tilt shift lens. Oh boy. that sounds very Remember complicated. Remember those?
1: Yes, of course.
0: Okay. We know this, a tilt-shift lens is a lens that has a movable front element that can tilt and shift that in a way that is very similar to a view camera. So for architectural photography, you can take those converging lines and straighten them, okay? Here is the fascinating thing that many people discovered. A tilt-shift lens, in order to do that tilty-shifty thing, it has to create an image circle That is wider than a normal lens. Hmm, Right. I didn't know that. Think about it. Yeah. Right? Instead of the standard image circle, which is smaller, just large enough to encompass a 35 millimeter negative. Right. Obviously, a tilt shift lens like that has to cover one that's maybe even twice as wide. Twice as wide? You mean like an (laughs) X-Pan? Exactly. So you can take this lens, which by the way, goes for one to two hundred dollars not a very popular lens and you can adapt it for your x-pan and apparently get great results that is what i'm going to be oh, buying Oh, it's going to be fun do they have one do you know they have three or four oh perfect yeah so that's what i'm going to be getting that's great fun right yep i want to ask go circle back to one of the pieces of equipment that you said you are bringing but might not actually shoot with are you really going to bring that wide lux and shoot with it Look, I'm going to bring the wide legs. The issue is the speed of everything going
1: on. I just don't know if I am going to be able to actually go, okay, here we go. And I could shoot, you know, a bunch in a row. But there's so much stuff that you don't want to miss there. And like things happen in two seconds. And We'll see.
0: We'll see. Okay. Yeah. I could see for an establishing shot, it could be amazing. Yes, I agree. When was the last time you shot with that camera regularly?
1: Oh no, no. I shot with it about a month ago, but I shot with oh. it after I lent it to Chris Chu that he used for his show. Um okay. but we'll try it. We'll see. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go by your settings, shoot thirty two hundred. Yeah. See if it works. Even though it's a little bright back there, I think we'll be fine.
0: We'll see. Okay. Yeah, it's been an interesting study in contrast for me during these two months that I've been shooting with the X Pan. It's really interesting because, as y'all know, because y'all went on this journey with us, like, I was completely besotted with the WideLux when I got it, and I couldn't shoot with anything else when I got that. Right. But the thing about the WideLux, and I'd love to hear from other photographers who have used either or both of these cameras, the thing about the Wide Lux is you really have no idea what you're going to get. When you shoot with that camera, you may have a vague notion of the rough parameters of your frame. Barely, and you yes. May, you may be trying to place the subject in the frame in a way so that the native distortion of the wide lux image will favor it and render it interesting. But the fact is most of the time when I look at those finished photos, I'm just stunned. It is like magic to me. Right. The X-Pan, you pretty much see exactly what you're going to get. And so it's an interesting study in contrast. Like on one hand, I like the serendipity of shooting with the wide lux, I like it not really knowing it is almost like a kind of Lomo shoot from the hip way of engaging with photography versus the really deliberate composed you know static frame of an X pan. right do you find that this has any analogies in terms of your shooting style does that well correspond with anything in well, your experience well I, I think that let me just go back I mean the best piece of advice
1: you've given me about that camera is to just shoot it and don't look through the viewfinder i mean sort of you get approximately what you're looking at and get the bubble right and that's what how you should shoot i think that's correct i think that's the way because the way i'm used to shooting through a through a viewfinder it just doesn't line up it just really lines up to what i'm shooting so yeah. yeah.
0: One of the things they talk about in the articles where they talk about shooting with this 35 millimeter PC Nikkor, obviously it's not rangefinder coupled. So you're turning your expensive X-Pan into a scale focus camera. Mm-hmm. And one of the articles said, well, look, it's a 35 millimeter lens. Just like if you're in sunlight, just set it to the hyperfocal distance and shoot away. And you and I have both talked about how we are physically incapable of doing that. Can't do it. I can't do it. Yep. I cannot just set to a hyperfocal distance and just walk around doing street photography or at a party and just assume everything's going to be in focus. I have to deliberately frame every shot, which may be why I'm enjoying the X-Band a little more right now. (laughs) Exactly. All right. I want to mention something that you said to me in passing over the last week, which you may not even remember, but Mm. I just wanted to ask you about it. You said that – did you go to the Malibu Chili Cook-Off? Or did, did you just not. read about it? I did not. You did not go. Right. Do you want to talk a little bit about the restrictions on people who were attending you the allowed, Chili cook You were
1: allowed every phone in the world, every model phone, everything, but absolutely no cameras. That means <laughs> no point-and-shoots. That means no disposable cameras. That means nothing with a lens. That means no mini digital cameras. None of them. Someone decided that I guarantee it was celebrities, but I will just say that I just can't understand this old thinking. I don't understand people, you know, now more than ever, kids want to go use their film cameras and they're, they're concerned about film cameras and not their phones. I'm anyway. So that was very frustrating. And then the other thing is in that same family of rules in Los Angeles, you are not allowed to bring a tripod to a park because that'll constitute a professional photo shoot doesn't matter the camera what? you're using you cannot bring a tripod someone has made the rule that that constitutes professional and that means that you need to buy a permit
0: have you encountered this in any other city besides los angeles never i want to hear from the teeming millions have you ever encountered has anyone stopped sort of taking out your tripod uh, I mean, I understand the thing like my sister went to a concert in Portland, a Jack White show where they right. did that thing where they take your phone away and they put it in a Ziploc bag because they don't want you filming the performance. And also they want people to have the immediacy. I get that philosophy. Right. And she said, by the way, that she found that really rewarding to actually be immersed in the concert itself and not be thinking about, Oh, I want to get a picture the same picture that everyone else is taking. Yep. This is insane. Yeah. What at a chili cook off? This is not even like some sort of like private, no, you know, it's ridiculous. Prince playing and a pre Emmy I
1: guarantee the issue is because tons of celebrities go there, so they don't want paparazzi buying tickets to chili cook off and shooting all the celebrities. I mean, Ben Affleck was there, Jennifer Lopez was there, you know, many people were there. The issue is that then don't let people in with those cameras. Make some kind of limit where you can bring. You know, a disposable camera or, or something. I just don't I don't understand it.
0: But it I'm sure bizarre. they were
1: asked. I'm sure that was someone had asked someone, the tripod thing I can't figure out. I've been in I was at a park during the pandemic. There was not one other person within miles and miles and miles. I took out my tripod and then you just hear this little golf cart. boop, boop, boop weird. come over and told me that you cannot use your tripod
0: unless you have bought a permit. Really weird. Yep, that's true. Bizarre. Bizarre. I have not encountered that specific thing. But then again, I shoot with a tripod, man. I can't remember (laughs) the last time the tripod left my house. There you go. Here's a topic. Serial numbers. Oh, boy. Okay. So in our previous episode... Someone mentioned the idea of, like, do you insure your cameras? And I said that I have a meticulous list of all of my serial right. numbers and all my cameras, and you said that you really do not. Right. <laughs> I would <laughs> I like right about to. That? My dream is that I do. Yeah. Yeah. But, right. Haven't quite gotten there. I care about serial numbers. There are many places online, particularly with, like, the Zzuzza brands like uh Hasselblad and Leica and so forth, right. which will tell you – how to decode your serial number. You can do this with Polaroids as well. Oh, I love that. For example, did you know that there is an alphanumeric code in every Hasselblad serial number where the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 0 are keyed to the letters VH Pictures? VH for Victor Hasselblad and the word pictures, so in other words, I believe V is one, H is two, P is three, and this will tell you the manufacture date of your camera.
1: Oh my goodness, this is fascinating. Isn't that fabulous?
0: It's kind of like Kodak with the word Camerosity, right, where that was the key, right? Polaroid has an alphanumeric code for SX-70s. There are sites you can go to that will decipher it. There are many, many lists of serial numbers for Leicas and Minoxes and so forth online so you can find the actual manufacture date of your camera. Wow. Have you ever engaged with any of this? You know, I, I sort of remember someone
1: telling me with this once, but not with, not with Hasselblad. That's so fascinating, though.
0: It I find it utterly fascinating. Yep. I am not... Some people are really interested, for example, Leica collectors, of having a serial number that ends in four zeros, you know, like because yep. somehow that's a little sexier than one that ends in 13 or something. I, I don't care about that. But I do find it interesting to note when in the production line mine came. For example, oh, that's I cool. learned... I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I learned that my Leica M6, which was built in 2001... I know from the serial number, it was one of the last 700 cameras that was built before they did this run they called the final 999, which were sold at a premium. The last 999 cameras were tagged as like the last of the M6 TTL, and they did that in 2002. So I know that mine was one of the last 700 cameras before that final run. Kind of cool. That's really great. And in some cases, there are changes to the camera itself that are keyed to various serial numbers. When they shifted, for example, Nikon SPs from a focal plane shutter that was made of cloth to one that was made of titanium, sometimes there are little adjustments and improvements that happen at various breakpoints in the serial number line. And I find that stuff fascinating.
1: Wow. It also helps, look, when you're when you're selling something to have that information, you know, that's really helpful. I mean, especially with lenses, because as you said, there were different versions. And I think especially with Leica, there's 90s that are worth very little, you know, the older ones. And, you know, you just you just have to keep track of that stuff. It's great.
0: Yeah. So this is, again, putting it to the teeming masses. Do you track your serial numbers? Do you have any interesting ones? Do you have ones that tell you anything about the history of your camera? All right. All right. Final thing that I wanted to bring up today. Yes. We mentioned in passing, developing your own stuff. Do you know what I did, Gabe? What did you do? I got the Patterson plastic developing reels. Yeah. Those are the better ones. Everyone <laughs> tries to look cool
1: with their fancy, you know, whatever, their chrome or metal reels. And the plastic ones, you just uh, you could reel right up. Let me okay. know. Was it easier?
0: I can't tell you how great it was. And <laughs> I, I swear, the first time I ever actually used one of these. Okay, just to review, my first experience developing film, I used the lasagna developing reel. Do you remember this, game? Yes. Way back in the mists of I Dream of Cameras, which was a developing tank for hobbyists that Kodak made in the 1970s and 80s, which was a long, plastic strip with edges that were fluted like lasagna and you would stick the end of the film in and then roll the big plastic strip up and yep. then put it in the developing tank for some reason that was not popular. Then there were the metal reels, the Honeywell Nikkor reels yep. which I grew up on and that was what we were all taught to use and they're very difficult to load. <laughs> yes. I had one of those when I was with Rachel in Liverpool, and she was helping me develop that first roll out of my X-Pan. She showed me how to use the Patterson System for plastic developing reel. I did not understand the little oh, back-and-forth yeah. um, manipulation, yeah, which sucks the film out of the yes, cassette and yes, onto yes, the reel yes, yes. in pinky, the dark. Pinky
1: under it. Oh, yeah, no, the whole thing. Yeah.
0: I didn't understand that. Yep. I honestly did not understand that it had ball bearings in oh, it and stuff. Yeah. How incredibly groovy. So I thought, you know what? I, I'm going to just buy one of these the next time I'm at Freestyle Photo in Hollywood. Yep. And I think, well, maybe even been when we were there together, yes, exactly. I bought them thinking, I'll use this someday. Here's what happened. I inadvertently overloaded a roll of 35 millimeter film that I had bulk loaded to put in oh my X-Pan. Oh, boy, X-pad. Yes. So, it probably had like 42 exposures on it. <laughs> right. What this, and of course, the X Pan sucks the film back into the cassette right. at the end of the roll. By the way, the X Pan 2, you can set it so it does not suck it all the way in. That's great. That's why you'll pay a $30,000 premium for Other the X Pan 2. Yes. Other than that, pretty much the same camera. Yep. Anyway, so I could not get the leader retriever to pull the leader out of this cassette because it was so tightly packed in there there was no way to get out so So I was like okay I'm going to have to get a changing bag and use a can opener and open this thing that's what I do yep it was so easy yeah it was so easy yep that's the only way I've learned to do it yeah it was incredibly easy I don't know if I ever said anything deprecatory about the plastic reels but this is episode 40 I take it all back oh I love that See, look, you're They're growing amazing. too. You're growing too. I'm growing too. Right. I am no longer the smug guy nope. Nope. who looked down on people who used anything but a steel reel. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How else? Any other things, just as we wrap up this episode, and we are very close to wrap up. Can you yeah. believe it? Yeah. Any other things you've learned over the course of the 40? What else have you learned in the course of 40 episodes? I've, you know what? I, I think the
1: biggest thing I've learned is to not judge a camera by its cover. How about ah. that? You know, I think I've learned that, the, gosh, you can get great pictures out of so many cameras. And that the snobbery that comes with some of those makes uh, can go by the wayside when you when you see these other cameras and you see pictures taken with these great cameras out there that aren't very well known because they don't have maybe they didn't have the marketing budgets or whatever so i think that's 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 a big thing i learned is to try out everything i really love that
0: yeah i agree with that just to tag on to that i think what i have learned i am endlessly fascinated by the ability of a new camera a different camera to unlock something yeah in the way you see the world the way you like to shoot i find it endlessly stimulating and it doesn't mean the most expensive camera it means just something that forces you to engage with the world a different way because of the way that it shoots because of the way that it focuses because of the shape of the frame because of the the lens moves during exposure all kinds of things something different happens and it just I do think that doing this podcast has stimulated us to buy and try more gear. Yes. And it has just underlined how much fun it is to just see what kind of surprises are in store when you acquire a new camera. Totally true. That's what I think. All right, Gabe. Wow.
1: 40. When do we get to stop? I'm telling you, we're never stopping. Really? (laughs) (laughs) It's never going to happen.
0: All right. Well our announcements here we go as always we eagerly solicit your emails email us at idreamofcameras at gmail.com also follow us on the instagram gabe is gabe Sachs. ims jeff greenstein because jeff greenstein is an embezzler also follow idreamofcameras on instagram gabe who do we have to thank
1: keith greenstein i mean keeping our look and our amazing you know graphics and shirts and everything and our stickers are incredible you know, we give them out all the time. So hopefully some of you come out here and, and or write us, we'll send you one. We, we just love giving them out. And the amazing Fred Corey for modeling for me and also yes. being such a great musician and talent and contributing to our show in many ways. So we're very, very happy about that. But I have to tell you, episode 40, we made it. I mean, I just, you know, you think about it, you got to step back.
0: Yeah, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. We're coming up on two years of doing this thing, which blows Crazy. my mind. Crazy. I mean, I actually had to do an edit in our last episode because I thought it had only been one year. <laughs> 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 so thank you to our patrons at the Sunny 16 Podcast yes. for their continuing support and faith in us. And thank you to the legions of listeners yes. who have come along on this journey. And for people who might be discovering us for the first time, go back through the archive. Oh, yeah. Could be fun. Just saying. All right. You can see whatever. Uh, we'd love to hear from you about how you think we've grown. Yes. <laughs> or not. We'll take anything. Yes. yes. All right, Gabe. Walk us out of here.
1: People. Photographers from all over the world that are listening right now. If you see someone with a film camera, don't just point out to your friend or partner. Hey, look, there's a guy with a film camera. Look, there's a girl with a film camera. Go up to them and say Hi and say how do you like that camera i mean i know we're all introverts but i'm telling you it's worth uh starting the conversation and you never know you could go shooting with them one day or maybe you're missing a camera part or you need a roll of film and then you have a new film friend that's my final thought